is Pull Yourself Together with E. Shaver Booksellers. Hello, I'm Jessica, a lifelong lover of books, wide-ranging reader, fan of obscure British literature, all things Douglas Adams, long sentences, music biographies, the Oxford comma, always up for travel, except during COVID, and of course, Jane Austen. And I'm Melissa, an eclectic bibliophile and all-around nerd who also loves Jane Austen, comics, and cooking. Together, we run an independent bookstore in Savannah, Georgia. Each episode, we discuss the books we've been reading and recommend. Well, hello. Hi there. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm delightful. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm delightful as well. Nice, nice to see you on the other side of the table again. Yes, nice to be back. It's been a minute. Again. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Um... So we, um, in much the same way that we took August off from our book clubs at the shop, we mm-hmm. also took August off from our podcast at it's the shop. It's true. Uh, well, August turned out, as every month does, to be a busier month than we anticipated. And then I uh, went away for about 10 days. And so, um, yes, but, but that gave me the chance to actually read some books so I'd have <laughs> something to talk about. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Well, we all get in reading slumps from time to time, and I admit August was a bit of a reading slump for me in the beginning. Yeah. And then faced with so many things that I could read that I didn't have to read, I couldn't make a choice initially. <laughs> <laughs> Choices are hard. Choices are hard. Well, Melissa, what have you been reading? Um, I just want to briefly talk about um, a book that I listened to, and I listened to it on Libro FM, and it is only available as an audiobook and I didn't realize that when I first started listening mm-hmm. to it um because I started listening to it and I was like oh I the, I'm not sure I'm going to just be able to just listen to mm-hmm. this because there was a lot happening and I was going to just pick up the book and kind of do both but that didn't work out for me well, um so <laughs> no choice in that one yeah um so it's called The Babysitter Lives and it's by Stephen Graham Jones who people mm-hmm. might recognize from um My Heart is a Chainsaw which uh-huh. was a yes. kind of a big deal um a couple years ago um he writes horror and um he is indigenous and his protagonists tend to be Mm -hmm. indigenous um and that is true in this one um so it focuses on a girl named charlotte who Mm -hmm. is um getting ready to take her sats oh um so yeah (laughs) there's horror in that as well it's true so her sats are the next morning um but she has agreed to babysit for this couple to make some extra money Mm -hmm. you know to to go to college um and so she shows up, um, and the couple's name, uh, they're the Wilbanks, and they're an affluent uh, white couple, and they have two kids, and mm-hmm. it's right before trick-or-treating, like um, trick-or-treating is the next day. Okay. Um, and so they have their kids are uh, six-year-old twins, um, mm-hmm. and so everything seems fine, and the parents leave, and they're you know having dinner, and everything's great. And then Charlotte realizes that she's hearing, like, steps in one part of the house and, like, the kids will go missing for a second and it sounds like they're in a part of the house that they can't possibly be in and she's not sure entirely what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then the kids tell her that there's funny places in the house that the gray lady shows them. Um... And oh. she's like, what? what? Um, so there are 
weird places in the house. Like they take her into the utility closet, like where the water heater is and they make her put a blindfold on going into it. And they go (laughs) back into the spot, like back behind where the water heater is and close Mm -hmm. the door. And then all of a sudden she reappears and comes out of the beanbag chair. That's like upstairs in one of the kids rooms. Okay. Yeah. So that's just like tip of the iceberg creepy of what's going on Mm -hmm. in this house. Um, There's a creepy Jack in the box that plays out. So do the parents know about this? Or are they only sharing it with the babysitter? They're only sharing it with the babysitter. And um, it obviously it turns out that the house is haunted. and And you come to find out why that is because things have happened in this house. And so it's not haunted in like a good, sweet way. No, 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 no. Okay. No. No. Um, But that's all I want to say about it because it is sort of a, a little bit of a mystery, but uh, like Mm -hmm. it, and I mean, kind of the part of horror that's the most exciting is the anxiousness and everything. Um, but it is only available as audio. It is on Libra FM. Um, and it's called the babysitter lives. So if you're looking for something creepy because it's starting to be that time of year, this one's a good, Mm -hmm. really creepy listen. Listen. Yeah. And I oftentimes, listening to books is more creepy for me than actually reading them because you get the voices and the yeah, yeah. this one this one's super creepy yeah okay well i i'm gonna go ahead and skip that because we all know how well i do with that kind of stuff yeah like, sometimes i do okay but uh, tension not good not good at it um i'm gonna briefly mention that i finally finished tomorrow tomorrow and tomorrow and it was fantastic <laughs> it was so good well Actually, uh, Gabrielle Zevin is is having a moment because Tomorrow, Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, and Tomorrow came out and it's fantastic and it's been on the bestseller list and it's just, yeah, just amazing. And then the movie for the storied life of AJ Fickery actually comes out next month, which I'm very excited about because that's one of my all time favorite books. Mm -hmm. Um, As am I. Yes. So Uh, if you if you haven't jumped into Gabriel Zevin's work this is the time this is the moment this is the moment (laughs) and if you um love a compelling story um close and interesting friendships uh and um and some really good book references and a love of gaming tomorrow tomorrow and tomorrow is definitely the book for you like just don't skip it i mean it and on the on the surface, it seems like if you're not into video games, that no. you won't enjoy this book. It's not true. It's it's not like they are video game designers, and they do talk about that, but that's not what the book's about. Really, no, it's not. Uh, the book is about relationships. Yeah, um, and how relationships change over time, and mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's it's complex and sweet and yeah. Heartbreaking in parts, and yep. yes, um, you you won't be sad that you you took the time to read it. It really is. One well, you of, you you may cry. A, yeah, you a will bit. cry um, if if you have a heart. Yes, <laughs> but, but but it is literally one of the best books I've read in years. It really yeah. is very good. So, and that's why I know Melissa talked about it, but I had to mention it again because, yeah, don't 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 miss this one. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so now, so getting getting more into um, things. Um, 
you, if you've listened to this podcast um, for a while, you know that I had gone on a, a Ruth Wareathon yes. um, not that long ago because we got to be in conversation yes. with Ruth Ware. We, we both went on yeah, a Ruth yeah. Wareathon. Um, so I've read Ruth Ware's newest mm-hmm. book, which is called The It Girl. Um, and if you're familiar with Ruth Ware's uh, books, it's a thriller like her other books. This one the narrative also kind of goes back and forth so in time. So it's got a dual narrative? It's not a dual narrative. It's, um, it's past and okay. present. Um, so it starts out in the present day, and you've got a woman named Hannah. Um, she's married to a guy named Will, and she is pregnant with her first child. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works as a bookseller in a bookshop in Scotland, and... <laughs> Like, you know, yeah, yeah living I mean, the dream, <laughs> living the dream. Um, and she gets a phone call from her mother and her mother tells her that a man by the name of John Neville has died in prison mm-hmm. and she's very shaken by this. Um, and it turns out, and this is not giving anything away because this is like is explained in the first chapter of the book. Yes. That um, and in the past narrative, it's her at. Uh, college at Oxford. She has mm-hmm. just started um, at Oxford and she has a roommate named April. Mm-hmm. And April uh, introduces her to this group of friends, one of which is Will, who is April's boyfriend at mm-hmm. the time. And it, John Neville is the man that has been in prison for killing April. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was Hannah's testimony that was... Um, crucial, crucial to getting him him jailed, and so she she's having you know all these feelings, thinking about this again, and you know it's. But a reporter contacts her and says that he wants to do a story on the piece, and she's never done interviews and never has talked to reporters about this in like the ten years since, but. Um, she decides to talk to him because he's been friends with one of their mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And he says that he thinks that John Neville wasn't actually um, guilty of the murder. And so that sends her sort of spiraling and she just starts going back over this. And so you get the past story kind of starting and going mm-hmm. to the murder and then her in the, in the present sort of working through this and trying to figure out if she was right or if she was wrong. Uh-huh. Yes. So, and there's some other twists in there, but we won't yeah, talk about Yeah, there's there's definite tw- definite twists um like any Ruth Ware book. Um and I I think this one is actually quite good. Um and it kept me guessing. I did mm-hmm. I did sort of figure it out, but I I figured out the who, but I couldn't figure out the how. So, Okay. Yeah. Did you figure out the why? No. Uh very good. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's one I'll listen to because I, I do better when I listen to that, that kind of book with suspense because yeah. I can't jump ahead. Well, in the audio book, I started, so I started listening to the audio book of that one and I had the physical uh, mm-hmm. galley copy of it and I was like, yeah, I need to know what happened. So I just started like <laughs> reading the actual book. But the, the audio book is fun because anytime that um, it's on a phone call, like the mm-hmm. voice switches to make it sound like it's over the phone. So it's, it's actually a well done audio book. Very good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I um, maybe I'll jump into 
mystery. I recently read, uh, while I was on vacation, The Bullet That Missed, which is the third in um, Richard Osman's series about the um, Thursday Murder Club. Mm. So it was fun to catch up with my old friends, um, especially Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, and... Old, <laughs> old, yes, they they are they are pensioners, but they lead exciting lives. And um, one thing I really like about it is these books and these characters is they really don't pull any punches about. Like Joyce mentions it, Elizabeth mentions it, Ron, all, Ibrahim, all the characters, main characters are like, yeah, you know, maybe I have three or four years left, maybe I have ten years left. Um, and they also talk about. Um, it's no secret, if you've read the books, Elizabeth's husband, Stephen, is having some significant memory issues, and she really is trying to keep him with her as long as she can because she loves him, and she doesn't want him to be lost in the medical world. And mm-hmm. so um, with each book, it becomes more and more apparent, but their relationship is is so sweet, and he's such a wonderful character that... Um, it gives you the chance to kind of grieve with her over this, you know, over this reality that many of us will have to face in mm-hmm. our lives. But on the on the fun side, boy, they got a lot going on on this one. Oh, there's there's murders, I'm sure. Uh, well, there's definitely there's <laughs> definitely some murders. Uh, they they tend to go. So the Thursday Murder Club is a group of pensioners who live in this wonderful, um, like if if. If all assisted living facilities were like this, I'd sign I'd up for it today. Sign up, yeah, <laughs> in the bucolic and idyllic country countryside of England, um, where you can take the train into London when you need to, you know, do some work solving your mystery. Yeah, sure. Um, so, and they uh, meet in the puzzle room on Thursdays, and they look at cold cases. Um, Elizabeth was probably, am I? Six something? Am I something? Am I something? (laughs) We're not sure, but it is alluded to that that was her past career. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Ron is a um, was a labor rights activist, and um, Ibrahim a psychiatrist. Joyce was a nurse. Um, They all have their different gifts, and they um, work together to solve cold cases. It's kind of like putting puzzles together. For them, but sometimes they start getting in trouble, and the police have to be called in. Um, Those little scamps. <laughs> I know, and there's there may be some uh, ex KGB spies in this one. Ooh, yeah, there's some, intrigue. There's some definite intrigue. Um, I highly recommend these books if you like. Uh, they they're a cozy mystery, but they're um, they have little pot twists, and they're they're just very entertaining. Um, well, they're cozy, but there's definitely murdery murder in them. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. So, <laughs> um, and again, this is the third in the book, and I believe it comes out on September 20th, so yep. right Pretty around soon. the corner. Yep. Um, and, yeah, Richard, I, you can pick them up anywhere, but I would say start with the first one because that's where you really get to know the characters and mm-hmm. become attached to them. And then there's... Is there any sort of overarching storyline between them, or is it just kind of more character development as you get through them? Um, 
Well, there is the development with... So, um, Elizabeth's husband, you know, you kind yeah. of watch him develop. And then um, Bogdan, who is a character who you meet in the first one, he de- they all definitely develop okay. over over the series. It, it is one of those that you can... You can Bill, my husband, picked it up and mm-hmm. just read this one as the third one. And it he said it took him a couple of chapters to kind of figure out what was going on. But... Um, I would say Richard Osman doesn't over-explain mm-hmm. in the beginning of each book, so you don't feel like you are bogged down with going over who people are. Right, right. Um, but you can catch on well, relatively like, quickly. Like yeah. the Louise Penny books, like... I feel like those for the contained mysteries that are in them, you can pick them up in any mm-hmm. order and it doesn't really matter. And you you learn more about the characters if you read them in order, but it's fine. But there is like an overarching background story in those that develops if you read Mm -hmm. them in order. So I was just curious if this had something like that. Not, I don't think as much, but I think it does add to the richness of the story because the characters themselves are really the story in this. I mean, the, the mysteries are fun and interesting and puzzles for them. And it, it, brings out the different traits of the characters um, and expands the story and adds new people into it. But but the characters themselves are what you're really okay. interested in through a lot of it. Gotcha. Um, and they're, I won't call it antics, but um, yes. Shenanigans? Shenanigans, <laughs> better term. Gentle antics. Gentle <laughs> antics. Yes. Um, okay, so... I'm I'm just going to this next one was also an audiobook fail for me as well because I started listening to it and I was like nope I'm going to need to know what happens and so I picked the book up and just read it in one mm-hmm. sitting because I had listened to like 12 minutes of it as an audiobook. Yeah. Um so it's Carrie Soto is back which is Taylor Jenkins Reid's Re- yes. uh, new book and uh, <laughs> if anyone has read any of her books you will know exactly what I'm talking about when I say she's like a witch because mm-hmm. like she puts one sentence in the first paragraph of the book and you're like, well, now I just have to sit here and read the whole thing because I need to know what that means. Um, but, yep. but this one is especially fun for me because I really love tennis and I really love watching tennis and I like, I have enjoyed uh, like Serena Williams mm-hmm. and, you know, like the big tennis greats. Um, so it, and this is just fortuitous timing with everything that's going yes. on with Serena, Serena Williams retiring and everything. So this is about um, Carrie Soto, who is the greatest tennis player of all time. So mm-hmm. it starts with her retired and she's sitting at the finals of the U.S. Open and she's watching a young woman playing mm-hmm. and when this woman wins the US Open she ties Carrie's record for the most grand slam wins ever aha uh-huh. and that just does not work for Carrie so she decides she is going to come back and she is going to unretire and she is going to take her record back I'm raising my hand how how old is Carrie at this point She's in her 30s Okay so possible and she's had knee surgery so her mm-hmm. knee is not in great shape Okay um, but but she's been out of the game for a few years at this point um mm-hmm. and 
everybody thinks it's a joke and that she's not going to she's not going to be able to perform um well d- yeah i'm not going to i'm not going to say anything but it's um so so all the all the talking head sport mm-hmm. personalities are like oh this is just a joke mm-hmm. now she is also a difficult human um okay. because she is She's a brilliant tennis player, but she is kind of universally disliked by everyone. She so the female John McEnroe, sort of. Yeah, sort of, she's or... she, uh, which John McEnroe is one of the um, uh, narrators on the audiobook. <laughs> um, but so she she is. She's just a difficult person, and mm-hmm. people don't like her anyway, so it's fun to hate on her for the idea of her coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've read Malibu Rising, you will recognize Carrie Soto. She makes an appearance in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, the Taylor Jenkins Reid universe is a, is a fun one to be enmeshed in. Um, if you've liked her other books, you're going to like this one. Mm-hmm. It is that it's that same sort of story where you're not sure you love the protagonist, but you're always kind of rooting for the protagonist. Um, and if, if you haven't read her books and you just happen to like tennis, this one's super fun because it really does feel like 1990s, like, tennis nice <laughs> yeah, i know i'm <laughs> also looking forward to reading this one um i love her books and um starting with daisy jones and yeah she's just she's really a master of what she does yeah she tells a good story mm-hmm. right. well i um am going to jump into one i finished that um so i i know i talked about hamnet which i thoroughly enjoyed and while i was on vacation i read uh Maggie O'Farrell's newest book, which just came out on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. um, The Marriage Portrait. And it is, um, it was this, it had this line, this (laughs) opening line. And um, I'm just going to, I'm going to read it because it's, it it just is so good. Um, And it hooked me and I just couldn't stop reading. Although the book is very dense and her writing is, um, I don't know if lush is the right word for it, but um, it's like you want to get to the end of it, but you don't want to get to the end of it because mm. you're enjoying, you're so, I was so immersed in the story that I didn't want it to end, but I had to know um, how it was going to end. And I mean... Well, I mean, if if it's the line that I'm thinking of, you kind of know how it ends. Well, but <laughs> Do you? I'll do, do you. you. Um, so the line is, um, and this is on the second, well, it's it's like four chapters, four, not four chapters, it's four paragraphs in. So you're reading along and it says, the certainty that he means her to die is like a presence beside her, as if a dark feathered bird of prey has alighted on the arm of her chair. The reason for their sudden journey to such a wild and lonely place, he has brought her here to this stone fortress to murder her. And so this is uh, 15, almost 16-year-old Lucretia de' Medici, who has been married off to a duke. Um, This was not supposed to be her husband. This was supposed to be her sister's husband, um, who was four years older than her, but her sister suddenly died. And so... uh, Well, he was promised. Right. Well, (laughs) the family wants the alliance. Um, Both families want the alliance. Mm -hmm. And so at the time it's made, she is 12-ish, 13. And they kind of fudge a little bit so that she has enough time to mature before 
she's actually married to him. Um, so ultimately, in, in history, she ends up marrying him around the age of 15 and is dead by 16. Um, and so the story starts out with this, but then it goes back and forth in time. And the only other viewpoint really in the book is her mother's. You get a little bit of her mother's um, because it starts telling her story at her conception, mm. more or less. And then you go through her life. She's kind of an odd child, very talented um, artistically, mm -hmm. but doesn't really fit in with her brothers and sisters. Um, her mother is Spanish. She is more light and like her father um, and quieter and more intellectually inclined, um, but everybody kind of ignores her because she's smaller than everyone else, too. Mm -hmm. and, um, and her real friend is, um, are the, the ladies in the kitchen and the ladies in the nursery um, that kind of look out for her um, because she's not a favorite with her parents. And um, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just a gripping tale, and I know that... Um, in Hamnet and in this book, the center of it is a historical figure that you know is going to die. Um, or um, So I guess in this I was concerned because her life is so short, and we really don't know that much about her. I was wondering how O'Farrell was going to pull it off. Mm. But she really manages to do it like you get a real sense of this girl and who she is and who she might become ultimately um and it's it's just a really compelling and intriguing story and I, I don't want to say too much more about it because it is sort of a mystery as to how it's all going to happen and unfold um but if you like um literary fiction and you like Tamnet, I, you will like this book as well. Okay. It's it's really good. And it was one of those that I wasn't sure I liked it as much in the beginning, but it has stuck with me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm still thinking about it, and I'm my my head is a little bit caught in, um, you know, the, the Medici web of um, early Italy and all of the intrigue that went on there and, um, and the art the art scene as well. Mm -hmm. Her her new husband is is into the arts, but um, he also is a somewhat determined uh, and difficult man. Sure. So he's um you know he's hard on her, and and he's much older than her as well. Yeah. And what he really wants is an heir. Yeah, that's what they all and really want. So after a year of her not producing one. Things get tense. Yeah. Yes. So. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess the connection here is strange children. <laughs> Let's say them. So um, I haven't talked about any of our, um, any books from our good friends at Tor in a while. Oh. And you know how I love a book you know, published by Tor. Yeah. Um, so this one is called The Book Eaters um, by Sunya Dean. Um, and it is exactly what it says it is. Um, the main character is a girl named Devon, and she is a member of a family of book eaters. And mm -hmm. they book eaters are 
literally people who consume books as their food. They eat them and then they retain all of their content. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's sort of like a little like offshoot in it that sort of explains why they do this, but that mm-hmm. never plays out. And I'm curious if the intent is for there to be more books in this sort of world. But um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not sure because it, nev- it never comes back around to that. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like mentioned. Um, but anyway, Devin, um, is one of the few women in Mm -hmm. this world of book eaters. And there's several different like enclaves of families of book eaters that are kind of all over England and they live apart from regular society. And this is set in like present day, like normal Mm -hmm. time. Um, and because there are so few women and they have, Uh, like historically have had trouble conceiving children. Mm -hmm. They have this method where they arrange marriages for the women. That's a theme in the other book. Yes. But (laughs) they are. So what they do is they arrange a marriage between the, the girl and someone from one of the other families. And then they are married. They produce a child Mm-hmm. They stay with that family until the child is weaned, basically. Then the child stays with the father's family. Mm-hmm. The mother goes back to her family to be married a second time mm-hmm. and to produce one more child, and that is all the children they can produce. And then once they're done with that, they've produced their second child, then they continue to live with their family group and they call them an aunt. Okay. So they don't raise their children. Like Mm -hmm. they're separated from their children. And so Devin is married, has her first child and instantly bonds with the child and wants to stay with her daughter Mm -hmm. and stay in her daughter's life. And that just does not happen. Um, And so she's married again, has her second child and her second child mm-hmm. um, is what they call a dragon. So there's a weird offshoot of book eaters where they can produce children that don't consume books, but instead consume other people's minds. And it's mm-hmm. almost like a vampiric thing. But when they consume other people's minds, they take on their memories. Uh-huh. So... Like, you have a five-year-old who has the memories of, like, the 30-year-old priest that he just mm-hmm. consumed. And it's very interesting. So, Devin, at, when you when you start the book, Devin is on the run with her child from the family. She mm-hmm. has she is gone, and she's trying to find this drug that one of the other families produces that keeps the dragons from having to eat mines. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And it's like a completely, it's a completely different sort of world building. Um, and the, the ideas in it are really interesting. The characters are really well developed. Um, it's yeah. And it's a little twisty. There's, Mm -hmm. there's some like, double aging and some yeah it's it's just very well I know done. we've talked about it 
yeah, more in depth. Um, yeah, in 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 the office when we had downtime, Melissa was telling me about it, and it it sounds really good. It's an interesting construct. Yeah, it definitely um, is. And interestingly, too, the the author is um, autistic, mm-hmm. and um, their child is also neurodivergent. Uh, um, and I thought it was really interesting. My my husband actually listened to the audiobook of this. Mm-hmm. Like, we were reading it at the same time so we could talk about it. And at the end of the audiobook, there's a discussion between the audiobook narrator and the author, and they very like the publisher went out and found a neurodiverse mm-hmm. um audiobook narrator to narrate the story which was really interesting so it was like a conversation between the, the two of them talking mm-hmm. about narrating this book and it was it's really well done like even if like it, it's worth it to listen to the audiobook just for that interview mm-hmm. at the end um but yeah either way it's very well done. yes <laughs> Um, yeah, this, the, the next book I'm going to talk about, it's nothing to do with any of that. It's something completely different. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's an oldie and we read it for our mystery book group because, um, we're trying to mix it up with some newer things and some older things. And so we read Casino Royale, which I, um, had never read before and I had not seen the movie yet. And I, um... I'm, I, I was not expecting much, and we had had in our Tequila Mockingbird um, book group, we've read some older sort of pulp fiction and hardcore mysteries, um, which I think I can safely say I didn't love. Um, but I really enjoyed this. It was it was really well done. Um, it's the first book where we're introduced to James Bond, mm-hmm. and he is... Um, going down to a casino in France where he is trying to bankrupt Le Chief, Le Chief and, um, who's the treasurer of a French union and a member of the Russian Secret Service. Mm. And so um, there, are some, there are some dated references in there. Um, so just, you know, expect that in the book. Um, and in the movie, they... They change it, and they don't play. Um, uh, they don't play the traditional casino games. They play poker in in the book in the movie. So it does change it up a little bit. Um, and he is supposed to be supported by a um, a woman agent whose name is Vesper Lynn. And um, as in many of the Bond books and movies they end up having an interesting relationship (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they do (laughs) but there's there's more to this relationship um in the book than you see in the movie or in um I think any of the movies in his relationship with women it's it's a much more um it's a deeper relationship and there's a definite twist to it in the end. Mm-hmm. And I, as again, it's a mystery. And if you haven't read it, I don't want to give too much away, but it is, it doesn't disappoint. It's very thin. Um, and I, I have a new appreciation, um, for the original James Bond and how the books are written. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I highly recommend just kind of jumping into those, especially mm-hmm. it's a quick read. It's fun. Um, mm-hmm. and it does, it takes you back to a certain period in time. 
um, where the martinis were crisp and fresh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay, and so then on that, this is in no way like James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the next one I wanted to talk about, it's um, actually a middle grade um, book that comes out next week. <laughs> yes, definitely not like yeah, James Bond. Yeah, definitely not. Um, it's called Wild Oak, and it's a debut by uh, Cece Harrington. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually one that when I did my Indies Introduce panel um, was one of the books that got chosen for the uh, final list. I had only read the first Mm -hmm. 50 pages of it because it wasn't one that was assigned to me. So I finished it. Mm -hmm. Um, It is just a beautiful story and it is one that reads like you're reading like a classic children's book like it just has that feeling Mm -hmm. to it um so there are two different narratives in it and then they of course overlap um so the first one is about a little girl named maggie and maggie has a severe stuttering problem and this is in like 1963 I believe it's either 1963 or 1967 either way um, so she has a really bad stuttering problem um, and she has been moved from school to school because of it she mm-hmm. um, it starts out with her um, she's sitting in class and she's mm-hmm. a, she knows she's going to have to read out loud because the teacher is going through oh. and just making people read out mm-hmm. loud and to get out of it she stabs herself in the hand with her pencil like badly enough that she needs stitches because wow. like she just doesn't want to have to do this and um, so she also has special relationships with animals. So she's got like this mouse that she's like keeps and Mm -hmm. she's got a bird whose wing was injured and she's got like a spider that she keeps and these Mm -hmm. snails and she doesn't stutter when she speaks to animals. Um, so her father had been in world war two and is very much suffering Mm -hmm. from PTSD and he's a very hard man. And he decides that she needs to go to this like, hospital to get special care um to Mm -hmm. to figure out the stuttering problem and she really doesn't want to go she's heard terrible tales of how they treat people there and so the compromise that they come to is Mm -hmm. that she will go spend some time with her um grandfather who lives out in the country, who is a doctor mm-hmm. um, for a couple of weeks and because she's been expelled from school at this point because for, for injuring herself and not and so she he what? wants to see if some time in the fresh air and a different change of pace mm-hmm. will make it and if she doesn't have if she doesn't improve any, then she's going to this hospital. Okay. So that's the first part of the narrative and then the second part is um talking about a little snow leopard cub by the name of rumpus Mm -hmm. um and so in back in the 60s at harrod's department store Mm -hmm. they sold exotic animals for pets and like sorry i'm shaking my head and yeah, and this such I, a terrible idea. Yes, yeah, I'm aware that this happened. Yeah, and it, it went on for several years, mm-hmm. and now they they had switched it to only doing dogs and cats for a while. I don't know if they still do pets through Harrods, but but 
Yeah, so Mm -hmm. there are two snow leopard cubs, Rosie and Rumpus, and so um, Rumpus is bought by a couple to give to the man's sister as a birthday present, Mm -hmm. and so they drop him off at the her house in this crate that he's in and she is just thinks this is delightful and oh mm-hmm. he's just like a fancy kitty and all this stuff so she leaves to go out drinking for her birthday and he gets out of the crate that he's in and destroys her apartment because he's looking for food because she's mm-hmm. forgotten to feed him before okay. she's left and so he tears everything up and so she comes home finds that he's destroyed her apartment and then demands that they just take him out into the woods somewhere and just leave him. Oh, so, so obviously Maggie mm-hmm. and rumpus cross paths with each other. Um, and it's, it's a book about her trying to save rumpus and her overcoming her stuttering. And there's also stuff in there. Like there's stuff about like her dad's PTSD and sort mm-hmm. of dealing with that. But there's also stuff in there about like forest conservation because her grandfather lives near this ancient forest that, you know, mm-hmm. there's an old family that owns all this land that just wants to take all these trees down and develop. And so there's a lot going on in this book, but it's just, mm-hmm. it just has that feeling of reading something that's been around for like 50 years. Like and it just feels like that. Going to endure. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's very well done. Very good. Mm-hmm. It sounds, what was the name of it again? It's called Wild Oak by C.C. Harrington. Very, and when does it come out? It comes out next week. That's exciting. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for something completely different. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I um, really enjoy Japanese translations, um, and I was looking forward to this one, and just kind of, it snuck up on me and came out <laughs> before I realized it. It just came out on Tuesday, I believe. Um, no, it came out August 9th. I'm so lying not to you. Tuesday. <laughs> not Tuesday. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was in August, but not inhabiting my body, apparently. <laughs> um, so this is Dead End Memories, and it's short stories, and it's by Banana Yoshimoto. Um, and I really, really loved her book, Moshi Moshi. And so I have been looking forward to this, but apparently not enough to pay attention to what it <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of books, man. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but she reminds, she's, I hate to put her into that, but she's, uh, reminds, if you like, um, Murakami, she's a m- softer feminine version kind of um of that she uses magical realism in her books and um she is japanese and lives in japan and um these books are translated um and this one the i've only read the first story in it but i just loved it um it's called house of ghosts and it's um about this girl whose parents own a um a restaurant um, who um, meets a boy whose family owns a cake shop and they make cake rolls. And she um, really wants to take over her family business and he really doesn't want to be caught in the box of taking over his family business. And she has an older brother um, 
who was supposed to take over the family business and been groomed for it. And he sort of ran off and said, I don't want to do this. And so um, these two become friends. They're both at university together. And at this point, she knows that she's going to take over the restaurant. And he knows he's going to go to Paris and learned to be a chef in Paris and a pastry chef, um, a patisserie. In anyway, and um, so they they have a friendship, um, but it develops into more than that. And she goes over. He um, asks her to cook him dinner one night, and she goes over. And he lives in this. He is not living with his family, which is unusual. And he lives in this abandoned apartment building that his uncle owns, and it's going to be torn down. But there's one apartment that was of the former owners that's still kind of intact. And um, so that's the apartment that he lives in. But the ghosts of the former owners live in the apartment too. And you can kind of see them from time to time. And they're benevolent ghosts. They're sweet spirits who um, they died of carbon monoxide poisoning because they had left their, um, their heater on. And they were older and... Um, Anyway, it, it just kind of is their relationship, and it's very sweet, and I, I don't want to tell you how it ends because that will ruin it, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's a lovely story. Not a lot happens. It's just about their relationship and kind of um, and the ghosts and long-term love relationships in general and about how you fall in love and how it's not necessarily about the sex, although it starts out that way when you're young, but it's about that soul-to-soul -soul connection that that um, real love and romance is made from. All right. So, um, so yes. Well, and then the last thing we have, you know, because Jessica and I really, really need one more book club in our life. Yeah. Um, we um, <laughs> decided to, uh, the American Booksellers Association is doing a management book club for um, book store owners and managers. Um, and it's just, you know, some professional development and talking to other um, people in the industry about some like business books, which mm -hmm. are not something I normally read, but you know, I'm, I'm always up for bettering myself and doing better at it, my job. Um, um, so it's true. And I also don't read business books, but, um, Melissa and I've realized that both of us had good corporate management training. Mm -hmm. Um, and as we try to mentor and foster people in the bookstore, because the bookstore is growing and continues to grow, that we need to be able to teach them the management skills that we learned early in our careers. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the stuff that just seems like common sense to us is not necessarily common sense, but it's just mm -hmm. things instilled in us from having good managers and just kind of trying to pay that forward and do that for our employees. Yes. Um, but anyway, so the book that we read for the first meeting of this was called mm -hmm. The Making of a Manager, What to Do When Everyone Looks to You, and it's by Julie Joe. Um, and Julie is a manager at 
Facebook, mm-hmm. and she was one of their early designers um, and has worked her way up. And she's done a bunch of TED Talks, and mm-hmm. you know, she's she writes a blog about management that's very very popular. Um, but it was it was sort of thrust upon her, like she yeah. had never had any management experience, and then she became, I guess, sort of a team leader and. Yeah, a manager, and so she just talks about that journey and the things she learned along the way. Yeah, and it's kind of like I think it's like broken into ten different parts about mm-hmm. different parts of the job of managing people, um, and it's definitely um, aimed at like larger organizations than say an independent bookstore mm-hmm. that employs like fifteen people, um, because it's coming. She's coming from the perspective of Facebook, right? Um, so where she has fifteen <laughs> people on one team. Yeah. So. so, so that that's a it. There, there definitely were differences in scale, but there were a mm-hmm. lot. There's a lot of good information in this book about, um like mentoring people and um, making sure that you're matching people's strengths to the jobs that you're giving them. Um, And that sometimes, you know, if there are deficits that possibly that's because you're not managing you're well. not communicating. Yeah, well. you're not and communicating well, and that's. I think that was something that we both were like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, I like that. I can <laughs> yeah. see myself. And she, um, she actually has some cartoons in there that are quite good, mm-hmm. and it has a very lighthearted style to it. Yeah. So um, it's very conversational, it actually. Is. Um, so it's not. It's not a dry like Harvard Business Review no. management book. Um, it's um, and I I really had a, a few good takeaways from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would I would recommend it if you're new to management or if you uh, just want to hone your skills and realize that maybe you're not communicating things quite as well as you thought you were, mm-hmm. and things that are obvious to you may not be obvious <laughs> to other people. Yes, and, um, I learned some new terms and a couple of things I might do. Yes, oh, <laughs> like the swoop and poop. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So um, yes, I, I think we both recommend it. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good book. Um, so it's the making of a manager by Julie Joe. Um, yes. And I th- I think that's all we have for you this yes. time. Um, um, I am going to give a quick shout out. I've been listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you have read it once or listened to it and want to revisit it, it does stand up to the test of time. <laughs> Douglas Adams is a genius. True Was story. A genius. Yes, 100%. And on that note, Mm -hmm. hope you all have a lovely September. Yes. (laughs) And um, we'll be back with um, more books. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully in October. That's the plan. That's the goal. (laughs) Bye. Bye.